Sports Minutes with Elliot Danker and Ziaul Roshan. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is now time for Sports Minutes. I'm Elliot Danka together with Ziaul Raushan. Today, going to talk about a nice home favourite of ours. Yep, it is the Lion City Cup and it's returning after seven years. So exciting times. I know we spend some time talking about local football, but it's always good to talk about initiatives that try and improve the game. And I believe the Lion City Cup returning is one of them. It's got quite a rich history and we're going to dive into it. We're very honoured today uh, to be in the presence of the acting president of the FAS, Bernard Tan. Welcome to the studio. How are you? Are you? Thank you for having me. I'm very, very well. Thank you very much. I'm I'm quite jealous <laughs> of you, Bernard, because I just found out you were at the FIFA Women's World Cup final in Australia. How fun was that? I was, I was. It was a fantastic uh, event. But most importantly, I think it does uh, send a signal to the world how far women's football has advanced. Mm. Um, uh, the, the real glory for me to see the final was to watch two very, very competitive teams. Mm. One very physically... I would say robust, yeah. a direct team in yeah. England, yeah. and in one very technically sophisticated team in Spain. The girls were smaller, but I swear, you know, the way they were playing football on the pitch reminded me of Spain teams of all of Barcelona's yeah. tiki-taka football, yeah. a real brand of football that that really uh, sells to the world. I, I am a fan of women's football. Yeah, oh, me too. I've been following it for decades. Rasha and I were talking, I managed to convert this guy here, and he goes... <laughs> Mate, the tackles are 100%. Exactly. There is no drama. There's no pretending. Unfortunately, sometimes like the men's game. <laughs> I mean, we could spend the whole episode talking about women's football. You introduced him as acting Preston, but boy, you come across as a pundit as well. So thank you for the analysis. Let's zoom in on the Lion City Cup returning after seven years. Bernard, how excited are you, first of all, for the return? Well, it's, it's, it's an event that Singapore has been associated with and we're very happy to bring it back after a long duration. Um, obviously, uh, a large chunk of that was due to COVID mm. but now that COVID is over uh, everything is moving in the right direction I think it's a good time for us to bring that addition back Good time as well considering uh, you guys have just launched the whole Unleash the Raw campaign a lot of press around that or surrounding that rather how does this play into that? So it's part of the entire parts of Jigsaw that we need to put together. Mm. Um, obviously, earlier in the year, we already announced uh, the initiatives to accredit uh, um, uh, academies. Um, we have training compensation and training incentives being put in place to develop youth players. Mm -hmm. And also the Singapore Youth League, which will commence next year. Okay. And this will be a year-round league that will allow uh, kids from the ages of 8 all the way up to 17 to play regular football and improve the skills and techniques that are needed to produce a good national team. Nice. So obviously in the whole array of this, while we look at the entire ecosystem, the best of every age group ought to also have uh, tournaments. And obviously introducing the Lion City Cup is one avenue of making sure that that happens. That's music to my ears. I'm always looking forward to the improvement of the local game. Now, Bernard, you touched on it there, that Lion City Cup, how much history it has. For the listeners, could you just talk us through, without delving too much into it, the history of the cup and why it means so much? So the Lion City Cup uh, started in 1977. Uh, it was an initiative, obviously, to get youth football moving in Singapore and to brand Singapore as a location in which competition of this scale could actually take place. Mm -hmm. Over the years, we've had uh, many stars uh, actually ar arise from... Uh, um, the edition of the Cup. Uh, our local stars included people like Fandi Ahmad who mm. played in two editions, right, and obviously became a cult hero. We have Haris Harun, our current national champion, also lift the Cup 
you know, as uh, part of the uh, competition. But we've also had many famous foreign players. I know many people um, in the last few editions had watched Donny van der Beek. Yeah. Oh, features. yes. Uh, and obviously, he is now a full professional in the English Premier League. Um, so, obviously, this is an exciting platform in which a lot of young talent can be showcased. And uh, we're looking forward to ensuring that that's the case in this edition. I get the sense that we're really going back to basic and sometimes that's what you need to do in terms of getting yourself a, a positive reset. Um, and exposure to other teams, the likes of uh, Malaysia, Thailand, Indonesia. So I'm talking about uh, Selangor FC, uh, BG Patham, as well as Borneo FC. Um, why and how do you choose these teams? Again, this is something that we want to do as, start, as a start. It doesn't need to preclude that these are the only kinds of teams mm. that we have. But actually, it's not a bad start. If mm. you think about it, first of all, we need to benchmark against our competitors in the region. Mm. Um, I dare anybody to say that you know the Thais, the Malaysians and the Indonesians have not invested in that football. So it's a good time for us to kind of figure out where our standards are with respect to these teams. This does not preclude, you know, the days of old where we have teams like the English Premier League mm. sending their teams over to Singapore. Obviously, at this time, would not be perfect given the fact that their season is just about to start. Yeah. But certainly, at other areas, we could move the calendar to ensure that that takes place. But most importantly, if we really sit down and think about ourselves, who do we want to compare ourselves against? It really is our Asian neighbour. So we want to start with that. Okay. And at some stage, we'll move on to other things. But I think this is a good benchmark for us to figure out exactly where we stand. The Lion City Cup, again, takes place at a stage where we've laid the foundation mm -hmm. for the UTR. You've mm -hmm. mentioned that. So apart from that, we've actually just initiated the launch of the National Training Centre, the National okay. Development Centre. Okay. And so the 15 years have actually worked together for a, a decent amount of time. And so this is an opportunity to show their skills in a tournament. Why a local tournament? I'll be honest with you. If you ask any young kid coming up, what they really want to do is not just play for Singapore, but play for Singapore in front of Singapore fans. Mm. Where parents, family, neighbours yeah. are watching them put on the red shirt for their country. I think there's no prouder moment. And so we want to bring moments like that to our footballers. Yeah, certainly a rallying call to get the fans into the stadium to yes. support the boys. If there are listeners sitting on the fence in terms of why should I jump on the hype train? Why should I come out and support the boys? What do you have to say to them? I think it's a good opportunity to see how football will develop in Singapore as we go forward. Uh, many of these young kids will one day hopefully pull on the red jersey for Singapore's A-team. So you get to see them at the start. It's a good time to see raw talent. Same time to also appreciate the standards of all the other teams that are participating in the, the Lion City Cup in this edition. Um, again, you know, if you haven't seen how a 15-year-old Thai player plays or an Indonesian player plays or a Malaysian player plays, this is a fantastic opportunity. Um, also, we hope the, the atmosphere will be great. Uh, it'll be played on two days, on a Friday and a Sunday, and there'll be a double header, mm. right? So all these are very, very good reasons to turn up. Uh, at the stadium. Hey, you're, you're definitely a football fan. We get that sense. Uh, but you've been talking on the ground, haven't you? I get the sense that you've been doing a bit of uh, profile background research. Tell me about this process in you know, re-approaching local football. I, I feel you're trying to connect with the people here. What's, what's, what's going on behind the scenes? I will just change that a little bit by saying I sense that in 4G Singapore, which we are in, and the fourth generation of the Singaporeans growing up, their aspirations will be slightly different okay, okay. from that between maybe perhaps their parents as well as their grandparents. Sure. And as we are maturing as a country, we'll find more expressions in 
areas like music, sports and arts. And in sports, there's no bigger sport than football. Yeah. You yeah. know this, around yeah. the world. And this is an ability, the whole UTR push, the whole push of youth development is to allow our kids, our children growing in 4G Singapore, to reach aspirations that their parents could never reach. So for many people who are coming out to the stadium, if you ask these kids, these kids are, uh, we expect them also to put in the hours. So just like swimmers put in the hours, footballers put in yeah. the hours, they're training three to four times a week, right? Obviously, this is a stage for them to perform. Uh, I think we should try very best to let them perform, but also to get the Singaporeans behind them and, and cheer them on. Yeah, it's very... It's Asian culture moving in a different direction. Yeah. For lack of a better choice of words, now we want our kids to express themselves. Right. right. And I think sports is a great yeah. place to express. Look, I'm convinced. I'll be <laughs> at the Lions City Cup just to watch the progress. Now, Bernard, you've mentioned a couple of things there, the UTR, the accreditation system. Since we have you as acting president of the FAS, yes. what else is in the pipelines? What can you tell us in terms of changing the narrative surrounding Singapore football? There are a few other parts that are still uh, in the pipeline. One is just about, you know, uh, ready to actually uh, launch. Uh, and that's the elite development system. And there are three parts to this. So while we expand the base and allow lots more kids to train in different academies, we want the best to actually receive a little bit more. Mm. And this is where the National Development Centre comes into play. We're going to have two age groups. One is below the age of 12, where we're going to select about 50 kids per year to actually come together and train two to three times a week. And then above 13 years to about 17, where we will get maybe the best 25 kids for every age group to train together at least three, three, three to four times a week. Okay. And the duration is something that we need to uh, establish. But this will allow familiarity within the best players mm. to play in a particular style that we can identify as Singapore. Mm. Um, it also means that the age group teams are familiar with one another and will play together as they go up uh, the ladder. They're not guaranteed that slot. We will see people fall out and fall in because every year we will re-choose the players. But, you know, I've talked to different associations around the world. This is an idea that every association from Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Japan, Korea does, mm. right? Mm. And it works because they, they, the, the current uh, mode, if they tell me, is 60% of the students or the players you choose at the age of 12 actually does emerge at the other end oh. at the age of 20. Wow. Right. So you're going you you have 60% okay. of your players that will actually represent Singapore at some age group tournaments in the future mm. and that's a very good percentage. So investing in them is important. Mm. Along with this elite path line, the really really top we're going to send on scholarships. So recently UTR yep. has announced the scholarship. We sent six girls, okay. two boys, right to both IMG in Florida as well as ESC in Madrid and the more players we send abroad again now takes the best of the best to be exposed to the European or the American ecosystem yeah. where the standard of football is even higher. So if we invest that correctly, we're going to be able to pull that together and come back with a much stronger national team. The last thing that underlies this whole thing is a strong talent identification system. Mm -hmm. So getting good scouts to identify talent, identify the potential, not just good players, but good players in what positions. Mm, yeah, that yeah. takes a little bit more skill, right? Yeah. So what a, good, what a good left back look like, what a good striker looks like, what a good midfield player looks like. We need that to identify and make more the players in that, that field. So that's, again, a second thing that probably will come up. 
There are other things, but I think we'll leave that to later. <laughs> a bit of a money ball situation using data it stats. It certainly is. Yeah. But you know what, Bernard, to my, music to my ears when you said sending six girls, two boys abroad, um, the fact that there is attention given to the women's game, wow. And I say this with a lot of sincere respect. Mm. I think your job is probably one of the hardest mm. to do, almost as hard as taking care of the MRT system. <laughs> I can't help myself. I got to ask. Yeah. Elections coming up. FAS elections coming up. Yeah. What do you make of the past year in charge? It's not been easy. Yeah, it's not been easy, but I've uh, learned certain lessons, learned some things about myself as well. Um, but I think what I need to, to, to convey is really, uh, I've obviously developed a lot of ideas over the night, last nine years. It's really not ideas that's lacking. It's mm. implementation. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I'm very pleased that we've got UTR on track. We've got some of the initiatives putting on the ground, but it's really to see this roll forward that's really much more important. Look, Bernard, Rome wasn't built in a day, neither is this, but we are moving in the right direction and I'm certainly pleased to hear that. It's been a pleasure speaking Thank to you. Thank you, Roshan. Thank you. We've been speaking with uh, Bernard Tan, who is the acting FAS president. Thank you again for taking the time. Sports Minutes on Money FM 89.3.